Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, December 1st, 2022. Today on the Ether, a bird's eye view on your assets, the Pulsar AMA and Ref Referral Program, hosted by Ref Finance. Let's take a listen. Hello, Miguel. How's it going? Can you hear me well? <laughs> Long time this. I can hear you well indeed. Awesome, awesome. Finally, we're here. <laughs> Well, I'm just going to give everyone a few minutes to gather. We did start right on the dot, but once people start pouring in, I'll definitely let you do an intro um, and kind of say hi to the Near community because I do believe this is your first Twitter space on Near, right? Yeah, we had a chance to speak a little with Stadler yesterday, but since Stadler is like... Oh, a, nice. Yeah, but they are more multi-chain focused. So I think this is our first uh, near uh, Twitter space after launching, yeah. Okay, well, I'm a little bit ashamed that we lost the first divs to Stater, but at <laughs> least we're second place. Yeah, don't worry. I think it will be a great space anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, to kind of introduce the idea of the space to our listeners as they come in, where today we're obviously celebrating the launch of Pulsar, which is a much needed portfolio tool for Near. Um, I've personally been using it and I've been loving the look and feel as well as some of its major features. So we'll delve into those with Miguel from Pulsar. And following up from last week, we'll be getting into further insights on what's bubbling at REF, uh, something juicy that is going on with the referral program that Didier has been working on. And Didier should be joining us to talk a little bit about it. Uh, but in the meanwhile, let's start with a quick intro. Miguel, do you want to tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, sure. Uh, so... To give a little bit of intro, I'm Miguel. I'm one of the founders at Pulsar Finance. And for those who don't know, Pulsar Finance is a cross-chain portfolio manager that allows you to track the performance of all your crypto assets. So whether you have tokens, DeFi positions, such as staking, farms, that, or even NFTs, we're glad um, to we are actually covering all into a single single place. So you can manage all of it. And as Rim just said, we're glad to announce that we launched on here in Aurora just yesterday. Ooh. Well, <laughs> I also see that Didier's uh, joined us. Didier, do you also want to say hi? hi? Who are you and what do you do? Hey doing? guys, how are you? Thank you, Rim. Uh, yeah, I'm Didier. I'm the product manager of Refinance, uh, which is the first um, AMM built on top of Near Protocol. Hey, Didier. Nice. Hey, nice to meet you? you. Nice to meet you. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, once again, congratulations, Miguel, on launching Pulsar. And welcome to Nier. 
I wonder, I want to start off by asking, I wonder what your expectations for coming into the near community was and how is it now that you're actually part of the ecosystem and how are you finding the community so far? Well, I got to say, uh, I've been to NearCon and there was a lot of hype. And to be honest, I saw that Near was a growing ecosystem. I've been tracking what was happening for a while. And my first impressions, people have been pretty nice and welcoming, especially protocol founders have been pretty helpful. And all the main characters in the ecosystem guilds have also been pretty supportive, sharing the message across the different niches and location. Um, but still, um, I had more expectations in terms of user adoption. I know we are in we are in a bear market and <laughs> no one wants to track their portfolio. But I gotta ask: is is there something to suggest that we do, uh, or in order to reach over to the community or get more people to try our dashboard? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Um, have you already tried like? I guess some of the easiest and more straightforward ways is like incentivize trials, right? If you say, hey, try it out, give us feedback, and out of that, we'll give like, you know, some near to 10 lucky winners. I guess that also always gets a lot of people in. Um, but I would say the way that you've been approaching it, I think makes sense where you ask the protocols to try it out and then ask them to relay it back to their communities. Maybe it's also just a matter of time. You know, you just launched people got to become familiar and just be aware of the fact that this is a thing on near now as opposed to before. Yeah, true. Also, people don't want to see like their time series going down and down. And <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, well, let's get into the product side and introduce properly Pulsar to the near community. How would you describe Pulsar in one line if you had to? Okay, so Pulsar in one line. I'll adapt to, to your audiences, but it's simply your near and Aurora portfolio manager where you can do anything you want from seeing your balances to understanding how exposed you are to every single type of asset. Okay, perfect. So let's get into what a portfolio manager, portfolio tool or dashboard is and what the significance is. I wanna hear from you what is the role that portfolio dashboards play in one's financial life? And within crypto or Web3, what is the significance of portfolio dashboards or maybe even the lack thereof? Okay, so for me personally, portfolio dashboards are the single most important tool to manage your financial life. Uh, without them, I feel lost. Uh, I don't know my network, how exposed I am to a type of asset if my investments have been performing well or not this past week, and if I compare it with the market or not. In the crypto world, it just gets wilder, right? Uh, you can't navigate this space without a good uh, portfolio manager, in my opinion. It's too volatile, too fragmented. There are so many protocols on so many different chains that you kind of lose track of uh, all your assets. For example, I have... Um, so when we launched Pulsar in the past, it helped me find uh, on other chains missing airdrops that I didn't know I had. Uh, this is crazy, right? Without it, I would probably miss the airdrop claim deadline. Would you say that compare? I mean, like when we think of traditional finance and the way that people manage their portfolios um, in you know real quote unquote real finance, this is a very prevalent thing. Obviously, you want to have a kind of bird's eye view 
overview of all of your assets, how they're performing. Would you say that in Crypto Web 3, we haven't really seen enough of this infrastructure or it's somewhat lacking in comparison to what we have within traditional finance? How, how do you see the space so far? Yeah, so that's actually what kind of drive me to build Pulsar Finance. So um, I'll get a little, I'll give a little bit of background to, to kind of jump into that, that answer. So we were actually, me and my co-founders, building businesses in Web2, and we were investing in stocks, we were investing in real estate. And to be honest, we started investing in Web3 uh, in 2020, I think. And we invested in a few protocols on all these different chains like Ethereum, BSC, and Terra started to explode last year, right? So we could not find a single portfolio manager that met our needs. So we kind of decided to build one. And I guess that comparing Web2 portfolio managers to Web3 we were kind of disappointing. We were still managing our crypto assets on a spreadsheet. And I think that doesn't make sense. Since we are in the for forefront of uh, innovation, we are in the forefront of technology, te technology and I think we're still using spreadsheets or manual inputs that are not updating every second. This didn't make sense to me. And I think it, the space needs a good solution, which is currently lacking in my opinion. Right, and I think that I always laugh at the spreadsheets thing because given that all of the data is on chain, this kind of real time tracking of your portfolio should be more obvious than ever uh, compared to like traditional finance. So the lack thereof, I think is, especially more poignant. Um, you were talking a little bit about the origin story. You saw a lack in the space. You wanted to fill that hole. Um, and I want to hear a little bit more about that and the journey so far. You started originally on Cosmos, right? Could you take us through how you first began on Cosmos, how it developed, and how you kind of ended up on there? Yeah, sure. So originally, we actually started on Terra. And we quickly moved into Cosmos. We're now aggregating data on over 38 Cosmos chains. And I remember seeing a post uh, from Nier uh, that was made welcoming all the developers from Terra after Terra collapsed. And that coupled with a thread that I think I saw on Twitter of, of bringing IBC to Nier, it just seemed like a natural path for us since we were already planning to launch on Cosmos at that point. Besides, uh, Nier was growing a lot. I think it it was with like seven or eight million active wallets, cumulative. So, and I saw a lot of people at NearCon. The people were excited with, uh, with what was happening. A lot of protocols were starting to appear. So yeah, we got Nier ready, uh, at least a simple version of it uh, at the time of NearCon. And we wanted to do uh, a public launch with both Nier and Aurora since both ecosystems are kind of bundled together. Fast forward two months of testing, and here we are. That's awesome to hear. And I'm, I'm also pleasantly surprised to know that that call for, you know, welcome Terra Builders to Nier actually worked. Um, you're, you're being the first case uh, that I see in person. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good and nice about Nier, you know, having a lot of potential, seeing a lot of growth in active wallets and whatnot. But I think in terms of bringing Pulsar over and why it's something that's that was quite necessary for Nier is that there were there is a lot of 
there are a lot of pain points when it comes to the current experience for wealth or portfolio management on near right now. So I would say that, um, and maybe you can give me your take, but I would say that the only way that I look at how much money I have in total um, is through, for instance, my near web wallet. And then it shows me all of the assets, but some of the assets don't have a price point to them. So I don't know, I'll have a bunch of tokens but the total USD value doesn't necessarily reflect the entirety of my assets. And obviously it's a very limited data, um, data point. So I only know at that time how much money I have, but I, don't, I can't see how much money I have where, if it's staked, how much I have in staking rewards, accumulative, um, where, if I have it in DeFi, if I have it in NFTs, what the value of my NFT stack is. So there's a lot of, I would say, pain points with regards to the current portfolio dashboard experience on NIR. Was that also something that you saw and you thought, oh, Pulsar could do something better for NIR um, now that we're coming over? Yeah, that's, I, I think you nailed it pretty right. Uh, if I wanted to have a bird's eye view, like Ilya said, uh, on my portfolio near an Aurora, I would have to use like uh, manual inputs again on a spreadsheet or like CoinGecko's portfolio manager. But still, I would have to go every day and input the rewards and the price that I claimed them at. And that was painful, right? Um, to be honest, we have the, I had the same experience in regards to near wallets. I had some positions on farming on RAF, Jumbo. Besides, I also have some NFTs to which I still don't know how much they're worth unless I visit Paras Marketplace. Now uh, that we launched, all we need to do is open up Pulsar Finance and everything is there updated every second with the correct price, whether that's tokens, farms, staked assets, or even FTs. We, we cover it all. Yeah, I, I have to say, so I checked out Pulsar Finance and I had the same thing that you pointed out where I had no idea how many NFTs I owned and how much they were worth. And it was amazing that when I went to track my wallet, I saw all of my assets in terms of FTs, NFTs, and I saw that I had like, um, it wasn't even a lot, but it was like $10,000 worth of NFTs. Don't quote me on this, but and it was like, oh, oh I'm, I'm actually richer than I thought I was. Thanks to my JPEGs. Yeah, and that's still based on floor price, right? NFTs, if you have more uh, rare ones, it can go even higher. But yeah, uh, we're still working on some features on the NFT side. And uh, that's still uh, under wraps, but you'll know more updates soon. Okay, cool. Speaking of the products and features, let's get into them. Um, could you give us a high-level overview of the products that you offer and some of the key features like i want to hear which data points are you providing um what's the user experience like what are some of the major features that you're offering at the moment for near and aurora users yeah so the main thesis is easy right get an overall overall view of all your balances as i've mentioned and right now we try to improve the ux of all of, of all the portfolio management tasks. So we have different categories for assets. We try to make it really simple, such as wallet tokens, staking, pools, farms, debts, and limit orders. On top of this, you also have NFTs. So we have pretty uh, standard categories so that users don't feel lost while seeing their portfolio, since there's a lot of different namings on each ecosystem. Then uh, we also have uh, a way for you to bundle multiple wallets. So 
if you're a, a new user, you can see the balances of your single uh, wallet on Near or Aurora. But if you're an advanced user and you have more wallets, then you can bundle them all together to make one portfolio. And we made it really easy for you to understand the overall exposure to a single token across all your different portfolios. Uh, but it's, it's also enough complex so that a hedge fund manager can also track different kinds of portfolios. Or if you're a DGEN, you can make your DGEN portfolio and you can make your HODL portfolio with all these different wallets and all, on all these different chains. So it's pretty flexible, but really easy for a new user to onboard. On top of that, um, we have portfolio performance over time. So since the first day you join on our dashboard, you'll see how your portfolio has behaved and your profit loss over time. The sooner you join, the more data you'll have. So you better join now, to be honest. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, this, this is really simple. We, we surely have a lot of plans for the future. We have already a mobile-friendly experience. And yeah, um, to be honest, that's, that's it. It's a pretty straightforward product. Yeah, I like that you focused on the flexibility. Um, so that's it's not just for the regular, you know, normie users that I would fall under potentially. Um, it's also for someone like a hedge fund manager who has to track a bunch of wallets um, and have to have real time tracking. So you can then it's really for everyone, as you're saying. Didier, did you want to jump in here? Yeah, sure. Thank you. No, I was just wondering. Uh, because I think it's a very important point for, like you know, um, um, portfolio management. So, so on, actually, so on Pulsar, you can create like, I guess, an organizational uh, map with different addresses, and then have the aggregated view for those addresses. Correct? Yeah, you can create as many portfolios as you want. That's great because I think as as I don't know, maybe you know, like an investment uh, manager. And even if you want to share this um, aggregated view, I guess you can also make some silos, right? With you know one address dedicated to uh, airdrop, for example, another address dedicated to operations, which will be designed only to transfer funds, for example, and so on. So I think it's a, it's it's a, yeah, it's it's a great. Uh, I think it's a great use case for investment managers, correct? Yeah, that was our focus. So we wanted to make this as easy as it can possibly be for a normie, but also as complex as it can possibly get for a hedge fund. That's the trade-off right there. Okay, fantastic. And and why why I mean, how would you say uh, because Ape Board um, was one of the first uh, multi-chain DeFi uh, dashboards, correct? Um, and and I think that they got acquired by Nansen. Am I, am I right? I'm, I'm just wondering what yeah. your yeah. I'm just wondering what your um, like. And sorry, Remy, if I'm if I'm too curious on this one, but what's your uh, like? No, I love it. What's your strategy for 2023? How, how, how in what direction you would like to um, to expand? So yeah. Um... Our roadmap right now is in the next six months, the main goal is to introduce more chains, right? Uh, we have Ethereum, other EVMs. There's a lot of users who have holdings on these chains that can be addressed 
by our current solution. We are working super hard to launch it within the next six months and become the dashboard with the most coverage for any user on DeFi. No, not only for tokens, DeFi and NFTs on every one of these chains. As for later on, we're definitely planning to allow users to trade assets directly inside our dashboard. So for example, uh, when a user has rewards to climb, it doesn't need to go to the protocol itself. We not only integrate the reading of the data side, but we also integrate the execution side inside Pulsar. So it becomes like a one-stop shop in terms of convenience, and you can do everything from that one, one single place. Fantastic. And and. I guess one of the one of the pain points um, is the like the data the, the data stack, correct? Because are you doing like RPC calls on on all those chains to have like a state at this moment of of uh, what the wallet uh, holds, for example, or are you also running archival nodes for every single chain? Um, uh, yeah, I, I guess the data point should be very. Um, uh, not complex, but uh, quite heavy, correct? Yeah, I mean, it depends a lot on the chain. Every single chain has a different architecture and different kind of needs, depending on the usage as well. But you're right, it's quite heavy for some of the chains, more simple for the less used chains, but still it's a case-by-case basis. And that's the most complex part of our product. And I I think the backend is quite uh, delicate, uh, let's put it this way. The product is so simple in the front end that people don't even understand the complexity of the of its back end. Thanks. I'm super excited about the uh, in-app interaction with other platforms that you mentioned. So potentially, I'm imagining something like I look at my portfolio on Pulsar. I see that I have all of these unclaimed rewards on Breath. And without having to go to Ref on a separate tab, I could potentially, from Pulsar, claim my rewards from my LP pools um, and then see that being added to my overall wealth. Would that be correct? That's something that would be possible in the future? Yeah, that's our goal. The convenience is our number one priority, right? And if you're already seeing your assets and you're already understanding that you want to trade something, so why not do it from the same spot? That's the goal, right? For the users not to be broken or fragmented across DeFi. They can do everything from Pulsar Finance. That's our vision, at least. All right, that, that sounds amazing. And I was wondering, right now we can see a bundle view of, let's say, all of my near wallets. Um, is it also possible, because I haven't tried it out yet, to see my portfolio across near and Aurora and potentially across other chains as well, if I have a wallet on Cosmos, wallet on Ethereum? Yeah, so the same flexibility you have now with your near addresses, you can do the same exact behavior across all 40 chains that we accommodate. So if you want to create a portfolio for Cosmos, you can do, if you want to mix or bundle together Cosmos addresses with near and or addresses, you have that flexibility too. So that's the, the amount of effort that we already delegated to our team. And we put in a simple UI for, like I said, hedge fund managers to build multi-chain portfolios or simple users to build their uh, multi-chain um, multi-chain bundle view. Let's call it that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's actually super sexy. <laughs> Didier, go ahead. Yeah, cheers, Rim. I, I was just wondering because 
you know, we, we, we keep hearing about decentralized identity for 2023 as, as, as a big topic. I was, and, and you know, uh, like soul-bound token, for example, are you considering to have like soul-bound token on Pulsar, um, which means that based on the activity of the address, then they have like some flags, for example, or I mean some tags, right? Uh, you have, you know, the DeFi expert, uh, you know, tag, for example. And 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 is this something you are looking at or, or not at all? Yeah, Web3 identity was one of the main things that called us as soon as we started to deliver this. So it's as, as soon as we started to build this, it's quite interesting, the concept of having a user with multi addresses across different chains, right? So you can start building a more report on what this user is and his behavior. And in the long term, it makes sense that on-chain identity becomes important. Users shouldn't be able, I mean, users should always be able to create new addresses, but their current address should have value, right? So that if they want to ask for a loan, these loans should have their data or prior data as a metric for different rates. For example, if you're a user who are getting airdrops every single time and hodling those same airdrops, maybe protocols should try to airdrop to you because they know from prior data that you won't sell as soon as you got, get them, for example. That's there's a lot of interesting ideas around Web3 identity, for, but I mean, I, I, I still think we are scratching the surface. There's a lot of multi-chain activity going. A lot of chains are just starting out, but I feel that once every chain gets mature and users are more attached to their own uh, addresses, I think that will be a really explosive uh, field to be in. So we touched a little bit about your roadmap for 2023. You mentioned more integration, more chains, and it really seems to go hand in hand with the vision of Pulsar. There, there I would say, kind of become the default all-in-one, one-stop shop portfolio um, management tool for the multi-chain world. What else is on the roadmap? Because it seems like as a dashboard tool, you can also touch upon something like soulbound tokens or decentralized identity. Are there other stuff that we can look out for in terms of where Pulsar is headed in the future? Yeah, so we are pretty flexible in terms of roadmap. We are super focused on the product right now, right? Getting the coverage part is already a huge task. But as soon as we unlock that part, we'll definitely look at the different possibilities. We have also products like multi-chain aggregators that are also approaching us because once you have a user on, on, on this platform and he's doing everything from there, you get a lot of attraction, right? And if a user doesn't need to go anywhere, and I believe in the future where, for example, uh, Ref Finance doesn't need to be innovating their front end, they can just focus on all the resources on building new smart contracts and having the tech itself more uh, scalable. And then use aggregators like us can have the near community engage with uh, ref smart contracts directly from within our dashboard. I believe the future, not like two years, but like five to 10 years, protocols themselves won't have to focus a lot of resources on their front end because there will be aggregators 
that similar to what App Store did with APKs, right? Some, I believe in a similar vision at that point. Yeah, we, we, which makes, I think, a perfect bridge, uh, Rim, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, with the, with the ref referral uh, program. You read my mind. <laughs> so if you want to go ahead, go ahead. No, and I, I think I, I totally agree with uh, Miguel. Um, I, I think Web3, from a project perspective, is very difficult because you need to manage like do two different types of uh, project methodology, right? First is smart contract development, which is very uh, what if waterfall oriented, and then you have front end development, which is way more like agile, right? And managing both is like very difficult. Um, so I guess if we have like in the future a clear segregation and and some teams can focus on on the smart contract side and all the teams can you know take over and develop different user experiences. Um, I think that could be like a great stuff. And, and just for, um, yeah, the referral program for Ref, because I think it's exactly this idea, right? The fact that we have, you know, different smart contracts and we want to encourage uh, the ecosystem and the community to build on top of us. And a way to encourage uh, these activities to have like referral fees, right? So basically the ability for those developers to uh, take a commission on every a swap that is executed on Ref, right? And so Ref used to have um, embedded since the, since the beginning, like a referral fee, but this referral, this referral fee was imperfect for two reasons. Uh, the first one is that this referral fee was capped at um, like 4%. And the second reason is that this referral, this referral fee um, had like a way for developers to do like something circular where actually if I want to swap, then I, I can claim the referral fee whatsoever, uh, which means that basically people can use the referral fee even if they are not building on top of ref, which was yeah, uh, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly, which is which is weird and, and which is not the intended goal of yeah. the referral fee. So we've just adjusted that and we have like a contract contract upgrade. Uh, that is coming, uh, well, in a few days. And this contract upgrade brings like a new referral fee program where basically uh, any uh, referral can claim up to 20% of the total pool fee. Uh, and we can have different tiers depending on you know the success of those partners, for example. So we have the flexibility to adjust the referral fees uh, depending on how well uh, is performing the project, right? So so we have this dynamic adjustment, which I think is great. Um, the downside, however, is that this referral fee uh, needs to be, um, like this referral needs to apply to be in a white, in, in a white list, correct? Uh, but, but this should be pretty straightforward. So I guess if Pulsar uh, wants to, you know, talk about uh, our new referral fee program, I mean, I mean, it would be like um, it would be great for us to add you in this program, and then uh, make sure that you have a, a strong incentive uh, for every you know users um, that are swapping with Ref. Yeah, that makes makes a lot of sense. Can I just ask why I decided to build it now? So, is it within that same vision that I was sharing that protocols should try to focus more on the tech themselves and the smart contract side, and then? aggregators should try to focus on the user experience side, attracting more users, and then uh, they are still earning by integrating Graph and you guys scale uh, horizontally, let's call it that. 
Yeah, exactly. Plus, I think that um, you know it doesn't prevent us from uh, developing like our interface. But I think that if you want to um, leverage innovations, then having like a, a an entry door to those uh, potential innovation streams, I think, is a great idea. Right. So the referral fee can encourage those developers to maybe envision like a different approach to what is uh, delivered today on the market, right? So why, for example, you know, do we see like those this swap container with token in, token out, uh, and, and we see the same uh, on every platform? Well, that means that is working, right? But maybe uh, we can, like maybe developers have another idea of how could that be, you know, designed, for example. And I just think that leaving this opportunity out there um, makes like easier for this innovation to come. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, to be honest. We can definitely have a discussion uh, after this call. I think it makes a lot of sense. In the future, uh, we'll definitely aggregate a lot of different uh, different swap mechanisms and different uh, smart contracts. Even if people want to just get out of the staking position or even if they want to claim their farm rewards on REF, I think it makes a lot of sense for them to do from within the Pulsar Finance dashboard. Even though they can go to REF anyway, it's, it would just make sense for them to do in the same spot where they're managing their assets. Exactly. And I, I think just to add like, um, something on that, I think the, like, a good thing about having a segregation between like, smart contract development and front-end development is that you can also share the cost, right? And we know that you know, uh, smart contract development is very capital demanding because you need audits and stuff um, and because of the immutability of, of those contracts, right? Uh, but in the same time, front-end development, they also, you know, need resources. So I think that's encouraging this kind of uh, two-tier solution with like one team focused on the on the back-end and one team focused on the front-end can also uh, rational, rationalize, sorry, the costs uh, across the board. Yeah, it makes sense, to be honest. I think, I think you're, in the, you're going in the right direction. I've been seeing this trend uh, in the space for the past, let's maybe six months to one year, where a lot of different protocols are sharing revenue with the, the aggregators. And I think that will make a lot of sense for us because also reduces our friction costs to go and time to go to the market, right? So it's, it's much easier for us. It's like a plug and play and we can already start earning revenue and uh, giving you guys a way for, and, and users a way to trade easily. Yes, bring Brilliant. users, bring users. <laughs> I love All that. I love that this is the most permissionless space I've ever run because you guys are asking all the questions I wanted to ask. It's like I don't even need to be here. <laughs> Sorry, Rim. No, no, no. I was saying that's a great thing. I love this flow of the conversation. So, did you just to recap real quick? Um, you're saying that this ref referral program, because at from the surface level, you could definitely think, oh, you know, like you know, when crypto influencers refer people to ref finance, they get a cut of the sale. That's not the idea at work here. It's more for developers and other teams that are utilizing Ref and then building, for instance, an aggregator and creating more user flow through that way to give them a cut of give them a commission essentially, which can go up to 10% of the pool fee that Ref takes from swaps. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. Okay, perfect. And this is 
ties in very nicely to something like Pulsar because they're looking to create a multi-chain aggregator, something that would include REF and then share the revenue. So that's pretty interesting. And you mentioned that this is going to be a whitelisted process. Could you elaborate a little bit more about who is eligible and how someone, let's say, wants to build an aggregator or swap in their protocol using REF could get in touch and potentially be considered for a whitelist? Yeah, so it's the, the process is like very simple. Um, it's not, I, I, I wouldn't call it permissionless because you need to apply to be the, in this like referral um, list, right? But it's very inclusive. Like we don't care, you know, uh, about, uh, we, we don't care about who you are. I mean, that's not the point. We just care about the solution that you are developing on top of Ref. And, and if you develop like, um, an interface and and if people use your interface and then you are you know uh, calling the ref contract to execute those swaps then you can claim um, the referral fee and, and the great thing about the new setup of the referral fee is that we can adjust this referral fee depending on how well you perform so let's say we start with you know like 10 percent um, uh, we, we start with 10 percent and then uh, your aggregator is becoming like very famous, right? Then we can actually increase this uh, referral fee. So we have this adjustment that we can do at any time. Uh, so, and, and I think that's a great improvement, right? Because uh, the old referral fee was like just set to 4% and that was the maximum you can get and the minimum you can get. So there's no adjustment you can do. Um, and And yeah, so... I, I'm very excited about it because it's also, um, you know, going um, towards our like strategy for 2023, which is to, which is to build an, an ecosystem around us. Uh, so we really want to encourage those projects uh, to be part of the referral fee. Once again, the process is if, if you think that, um, well, if you are building a solution on top of us, and if you think that you you can claim this referral fee. You just need to do a post on our governance forum, and then the DAO. Then we can have with the team like a conversation about you know what would make sense in terms of uh, like referral fee, and then the DAO will approve um, um, the referral fee for you, and then you are all set up. So it's it's like extremely inclusive. Uh, you know, we don't care about who you are, your religion, uh, your color of skin. That's not the point, obviously. Uh, it's almost like fully decentralized, right? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, uh, Dietrich. Can I, can I maybe try, can I try to, hmm. uh, so my, my question is, is it only for swaps or for example would it be possible for you guys in the medium term to add for example when people stake unstake claim rewards all those activities they can do in uh, rep finance if we could also have a referral program for every type of smart contract interaction uh, that they could do from within pulsar or any other aggregator you, you you understand my question? Yeah, of course. So yeah, you you can all. You, I, I mean, um, as a developer, um, you can call like any action on Ref. Um, so like add and remove liquidity, stake LP tokens, uh, stake Ref in the X Ref contract, for example. But the referral fee 
um, yeah, at the moment only works for like swap because swap is the only revenue stream for ref. So that means that um, it's it's very easy for us to design directly in the smart contract a way for you to to get um, like a, a cut of this uh, swap commission, right? If if we want to like reward um, uh, third party projects. For example, when they bring users to add and remove liquidity, we will need to think about like a specific setup, right? Because those actions are not generating any revenue for Ref. So it would be, um, in turn, like from from a financial perspective, it would be like uh, an incentive expense for us, uh, which can be a great idea actually. So this is this could be possible, um, and I don't see any restriction uh, in terms of like doing it at the smart contract level but then we would need to think about like how we want to reward uh, those types of action if that makes sense yeah that makes a lot of sense uh i, I just laid down the the tracks for the idea i think it would make a lot of sense for us in the long run but of course you can't uh, make it um like an an expense or or try to justify integrating such feature if it's not going to bring you users or revenue. So yeah, it's it's a compromise, but I think there's something that you could explore there and try to find a way uh, in your economics to do it. It would make a lot of sense for us. But yeah, anyway, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll have to integrate it due to the com convenience of the, of, the, of the dashboard itself. Yeah, uh, yeah I also think that um, on, like on your side, um, there might be a way to directly um, like provide a value proposition on top of those different actions. And I'm thinking about like, for example, bundle uh, transactions, right? So if you provide like today, if you want to add liquidity, you need to you know provide both assets, of course, and sometimes you don't you only have one, so you need to do a swap before that. But uh, you know, like curve, for example, they have like zap swap. Um, Trader Joe, they have ZapSwap, which is the ability for someone to like directly uh, swap one token and provide liquidity with this token in the same transaction. So I think if projects manage to bundle transactions on top of Ref, then as, as a solution, there is a great value proposition and you can charge for this value proposition, right? You can tell your users, well, if you delegate to me those actions, then basically uh, I, I Maybe to do that, I, I will take you like a $1 flat fee, for example, or something else. So I think that there is also a way for projects to simplify the flow in terms of user experience. And and yeah, and, and bundle transactions is a very hot topic on here, although it's a complex one because of you know the in, in asynchronicity of near, um, uh, which means that you, you need to make sure that if one transaction fails, uh, well, what do you do with the old other leg of the transaction if this one has succeeded, right? So, uh, but I think there is like quite a topic on that, and and um, and and the the zap swap is something I've I've wanted for Ref for like uh, more than a year now, uh, and it's on our roadmap actually. So uh, th there is like there is a, a problem to solve here, and um, yeah, and and I would be very interested if like projects can can solve this problem. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, to be honest. I, I think we'll, we'll have to get back on that, on that same uh, remark. 
uh, but it's quite interesting the, the possibility that opens up for us. I didn't know that, uh, yeah, of course, it's a hot topic on here, but it's currently unavailable, right? So is there any development or any light in the end of the tunnel regarding that same feature? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, if you do the, the zap swap, looking at what have been done on other markets, you will probably have 80% of, uh, of, 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 like, of the user flow for providing liquidity. Uh, because the zap swap is like something so cool, uh, and and no no one because the team is very focused on V2 development at the moment. Uh, the zap swap is not in the priority list, uh, so it's open for any project to develop that uh, on top of Ref. Okay, that's amazing. That's amazing. Good to know. This is beautiful. I love it. <laughs> and it's also really cool to see, like, it was really coincidental that we talk about the referral program today and also congratulate the launch of Pulsar, but it really seems like there has been a lot of parallel thinking on the way that DeFi is moving forward. Um, Miguel, I really like your point that we're going to see more and more of this separation between the front end for DeFi and the back end for DeFi. And I think Didier, the ref referral program, for the timing that it is made now also reflects an understanding that, you know, as we focus on usability, on accessibility, and also a aggregating multi-chain sources um, in, in under one interface, you're going to be outsourcing um, and inviting other teams to build using Ref rather than users coming directly to Ref when they can get all of that information in one interface on another platform. So this kind of model makes sense to encourage that and bring on more users through outsourced interfaces um, that are utilizing Ref. So that was super interesting to hear and I really thank you guys for that back and forth. Yeah. Dear, did you want to add? Yeah, I just want to add something on on like the 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 you know the swap interface because I think there are like so much uh, so many innovations that could be done on that side. Uh, today we have this you know very famous uh, Uniswap like swap experience, but I think for example what I uh, what I was thinking of yesterday was imagine that you have like an like a token in and an amount in. So let's say you put like one hundred near and then display below you can see like all the other tokens you can get for those 100 near, uh, for example. And then just next to that, you can basically uh, do the swap. Uh, or maybe you don't want to do the swap, but you want to pay a client uh, and the client only accept another uh, token, right? So let's say you put 100 near and you have like uh, what you can get in Aurora, in USDT, in USDC, etc. But you can do the swap, but you can also send directly USDC and in the same transaction you have the swap and uh, the transfer for example so i think that they are just yeah they, i mean it's it's crazy uh, how innovative can be those uh, swap user interface i think it's only the beginning because we've you know we've only like experienced uh, this uniswap kind of stuff but you can also do a chat swap right Maybe you want to interact with a bot, maybe not, but let's say you want to, you know, ask the bot, well, I'm going to sell, I, I want to sell 100 near, then the bot responds, that's the best price, that's the best price you have, we have, and then you just write done and, and the swap is executed. So that's another way, which is more like, you know, OTC uh, desk chats. Um, 
experience, but that's something maybe some users will you know look for. So yeah, just wanted to to give those two examples because that's that's uh, what's coming to my mind. Yeah, I think we're just scratching the surface on most of the features, to be honest. And I think there's a lot of inefficiencies on the swap side itself, even on Uniswap. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that should uh, improve on the long run from the reports I've been reading, uh, the NEV attacks and all that. I think there's a lot of inefficiencies yet. And in the future, definitely the solutions will be more and more uh, per perfection. But uh, as of now, uh, I can already see a few possibilities, at least for Pulsar, once we start try uh, once we start building such such approaches yeah amazing i i'm really i really appreciate the animated conversation that we had and i i think there's a lot of room for collaboration between ref finance and pulsar so really looking forward to that develop in the future before we wrap things up i'd love to give miguel and didier both of you a chance to do a call to action uh, maybe it's your team is hiring and you'd like to say if you're interested, come to us. Uh, maybe you have um, a product launch, as you do, and you want to call the community to come try it out. Uh, or you have other community engagements, you have community platforms like Discord that you want people to join in. If there's any call to action to make, please take the chance now. Yeah, so I can go ahead and say that not only mine, but our team DMs are open for any feedback or partnerships that protocols or people want to do. And to be honest, we just want this community to try it out. Go to pulsar.finance, add your near address, your RR address, bundle different wallets. If you have assets on Cosmos, go ahead and plug them in as well. You don't need to connect wallet. It's just copy paste uh, your address into the dashboard. And yeah, have fun with it. Awesome. Didier, go ahead. Yeah, uh, on RefSide, um, we've just made like some, some tests with a quiz chain, which is a, like a non-chain quiz solution on Near. And uh, there's like a, a quiz test at the moment uh, for Ref Finance. So if you have, if you have some time, guys, uh, go to quiz chain and, and check out like the quiz, the Ref quiz and the solution too. I think it opens like many cool, um, many, many cool uh, potential because any project can do a quiz. Uh, we can also use those quiz to uh, reward people. So uh, just do the quiz and, and uh, try out the solution. Um, otherwise, we have, yeah, we have a concentrated liquidity that is coming in December uh, that's big. And it's coming yeah, uh, on the 15th of December um, if everything is on track, which is the case at the moment. But if you want to have an appetite of uh, concentrated liquidity, you can go to our testnet environment and do some uh, and do some stuff with concentrated liquidity, right? So I would, yeah, encourage our users to first do the quiz and second, uh, try out the uh, concentrated liquidity feature. And Didier, if I'm a developer and I'm interested in the referral program, how can I learn more about this? Yes, uh, thank you. Uh, if you are interested in the Ref referral program, uh, just reach out on our Discord or Telegram channel. You can also check our uh, Ref Finance Forum, and there's like a, a section for the Ref uh, referral program. So yeah, just uh, reach out to the team. And uh, we are, you know, onboarding, as I said, anyone in this ref referral program that is building on top of us. It's a very inclusive uh, approach. So, yeah, just uh, just reach out to, to us. 
I think it'd be a missed opportunity if we didn't shorten it to referral program instead of saying ref referral program. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> well, I want to thank both Miguel and Didier for joining me today and everyone for everyone in the audience for joining us. Have a great rest of the week and try our Pulsar. Look, take a look at the governance forum for the referral program and we will see everyone next week. Thanks, guys. Have a good one, guys. Thanks. See you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Ref Finance AMA with Pulsar, a bird's eye view on your assets, and Ref Referral Program. Recorded on Thursday, December 1st, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Now with Spark IBC enabled. They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay, checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way. I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that. Financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody want to rap? But in this reality, the money comes from doing shows, but then where's the money go when you can't do the shows? I guess you could rap on Cameo I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio Six feet, motherfucker, step the fuck back Doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack Not everybody's always in it for the money Looking like another crooked Sunday and I'm working Monday So you know I ain't stressing, left debating great methods Amazed to play Inception, the base stay blessed See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties These sums of money that go to the record label per playback Can seem insultingly small Many rights holders how to turn profit, their future will always be in question. But, for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund Pennies, 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 Another day, another lesson, living in the eighth dimension, might be worth a little mention, living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel, reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal, just to make a motherfucker wish, Ah shit, now you only got two left, you know what I wish, we didn't have any loose ends, you know what I miss, listening to excuses, now we're on the fence, like we forgot how to choose, that's what happens when people don't know what's true in the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom in the lunchroom just trying to laugh it off meanwhile foaming at the mouth like a rabbit dog like a fake mate and called at the zoo it's looking like the view is getting disappointed too i'm working on the new shit trying to produce it. it's what i'm willing to go through when i'm making my music Spaces. <laughs>